You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. This podcast is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of sexuality and self-development workshops in Australia. Please bear in mind that not all conversations will be suitable for younger people. Also bear in mind that while we can discuss general concepts, what we say can't be taken as personal advice or guidance. You're the only person that is an expert on being you. If you've got questions you'd like us to answer, or you want to find out more about us, look us up at curiouscreatures.biz. B-I-Z. What a ripper of a question today. Big thanks to Greg for hitting us up with this one. To answer it, I'm back with Shawnee Love, an award-winning sex worker and workshop facilitator. The conversation comes across like you've walked in on a couple of kinky therapists having a chat, which is precisely what it is. Uh, a bit of a nuanced deep dive into exactly what emotional safety looks like in practice from a couple of folks that have made mistakes and learned from them. Shawnee's actually back in Melbourne in late June 2018, uh, by the way, so check out their website at shawneelove.com in the show notes also. Two tiny notes before we begin. Firstly, uh, at one stage in this conversation today, uh, Shawnee's talking about working with clients. Given that he's got a male-sounding voice and he's talking about working with women, it might sound a, a little bit like we're assuming heterosexuality. Uh, we're not. It's just that almost all of Shawnee's clients are female, so that's the base he's bouncing from. Secondly, I just wanted to say it's great to be back with you after sort of six months or so off. Uh, I've missed producing this little podcast for you and I've really appreciated the feedback you've given me, uh, particularly over this last six months. I hate to sound like some kind of 70s DJ cliche, but you're the reason I'm here. Uh, Please keep the feedback and the questions coming. I'm not sure with what consistency I'll be back uh, because business is definitely busier these days, uh, but we'll see. So, to today's question, which is, as a top, how do you recover in the moment when things don't go right, uh, or as planned, or as triggered? Um, so I, um, help me out, Shawnee, I interpreted this question as when, when I'm like holding space, or running a scene, or being the top, or the dom, or whatever it is, um, but but things go off the rails for whatever reason. Does, does the question make sense to you? Yeah. Um, I hear that question as, as a professional who's taking someone on an erotic journey, uh-huh. if things don't go according to plan, how do I recover? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that a fair question? Nice, nice, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I'm thinking about it professionally and personally, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I might just wade into this one. Yeah, first. go ahead and hear what you have to say. <laughs> great. Um, so I think first but foremost, prevention is the best cure. Uh, like going through, so I, I produce my consent cards with the list of questions to ask before going into an activity or a scene, or, or just generally having a really good thorough chat with someone is by far going to be the best way to make sure that you're on the same page about everything and that things are less likely to go off the rails. So yeah, prevention is better than a cure. I agree with you. Um, and I also say that... Um, if you're in the context of a relationship where you've established trust and caution and um, then whatever whoopsie 
incidences come up, uh, it's just going to be much easier to recover from them and go into a debrief and mm -hmm. probably use them as a spot to build even more trust if you do that process well. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that said, like, I think... Um, I, I think this question could be about quite a few things. Like it could be about a safety incident or it could be about when someone in the scene gets triggered or it could also be about when the when you imagine the scene's going to be like arousing or exciting or interesting or just even go in a particular kind of mood or direction and it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. So my thoughts on that were that if it's a, if it's a safety situation, then just call, call red, stop the activity and do whatever you need to do to get out of the scene, um, like cut the ropes, forget about clothing or whatever, and forget about whatever roles you might have been in and just, just go straight to the safety issue. I, I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. doesn't need a whole lot of explaining. Mm -hmm. um, I think if someone's triggered... So we should probably explain triggering. Triggering is when something happens to you, like help me out here with the definition, but I, I think of it as when something happens to you and it triggers a response in you that relates to some other time and some other place. Is yeah, when you bump into an old wound, that's inciting. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I like that. So I think, um, I think if someone gets triggered in play, um, just... Like check in, and if you need to drop, if you're doing a role play, if you need to drop out of role and just have a plain language check in with them, just like find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And if it's if it's like in my experience, in a lot of times people will be like, oh no, yeah, please continue, continue, yeah, like you know, there's snot leaking from my face and I'm wailing, but um, but please mm -hmm. continue. Um, other times, if someone is getting a little bit despondent. Uh, I feel from a psychological perspective I might be moving into the risk of re-traumatising or just some really tricky territory. So if someone doesn't answer me when I check in how they're doing, like I will actually stop and then yeah. say, all right, I'm going to ask you again and if you can't give me a congruent and enthusiastic yes and a green and so forth, then I am going to go in. I'm mm -hmm. going to assume it's red. No, I'm call, I'm going to call red at that point mm -hmm. in time and I'm going to take us out of this activity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if they don't respond, then I do so and find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. You can, of course, then go back into play. But yeah, yeah, but I think it's important not to keep playing with someone that can't respond. Absolutely. <laughs> now that I say it like that, this seems like the most obvious thing in the world, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I guess on the on the last point is um, if a scene or activity it, it just winds up with not the vibe that you were hoping for, like it's not as sexy as you were thinking, or not as up or excited or whatever, then I think just to to notice the feedback and check in and like speaking for myself, free myself from the expectation that the scene needs to go in any particular mm -hmm. direction, even yep. if, even if I realise on the fly that I did actually have expectations. Um, just, yeah, tune in to the direction it's trying to go and um, take it from there. Um, I guess if things are really wobbly, yeah, you've got to remind yourself that you're a good person with good intentions. And even if you make a fuck up and someone called red or someone had a big strong reaction to something you did, you've got to remind yourself that, you know, if you were, yeah, if you were there with the right intentions and you did your negotiations and so forth, then it's going to happen. And if you've done everything to set up trust and safety, then, yeah... Yeah, and then I guess lastly, just debrief fully. Um, debrief both sides, find out what was going on there, and um, yeah, uh, learn anything you need to learn and sure. apologise for anything you need to apologise yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Have another go another day.
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more safety nets in play from the start, the deeper you can go into these things, like the more um, emotional yeah. things that you can put, the more con- things you put in the container, Yeah. the deeper um, you can go with the person you're playing with. What sort of safety nets are you thinking about? Um, Obviously safe words. Safe words, but not just red, but also orange, yeah. which you call amber here, I think, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll call amber quite often during scene. Mm. And amber try to hold the energy as it is without mm. backpedaling at all mm. and then doing a little check-in mm. and so it allows us to take a break without losing the momentum of the scene that we're in yeah so for folks who are new to safe words orange is generally interpreted as meaning i'm approaching a limit and at some stage soon something's going to need to change something like that yeah, I, we use it in a different, really specifically. Um, I want to okay. communicate about something. I don't want to lose okay. the scene. I don't want to end the scene. Okay. But I want to communicate yeah. about something. So orange means okay. I need a glass of water, or I'm going to take my shirt off, yeah. or shut the window, or yeah. I hate this music, okay. or grab a condom. Yeah. But I want to stay yeah. in the scene, but I want to change some little detail. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. orange can also, in it, the way I use it, is orange. Um, yeah, you're not responding the way I was. I thought you were. I just want to check you're okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's nicer, often nicer to do that than call red. Yeah. Because red's very final. So a great little example here of why it's great to chat and at first to make sure you're on the same page. We have slightly different understandings yeah. how orange yeah. is to be used. Both of them are perfect, but oh my god, it's so important to be on the same yeah. page. And I imagine with that safety net one of the safeties you have is that when someone calls orange it's respected and the other person responds in tune and in kind and yeah absolutely yeah yeah taking a breath together not physically disengaging at all yeah just like if i'm holding you by the hair yeah and you say orange i I keep holding your hair so not lose any of the energy of the scene yeah and then you can say what you need to say i need to take my shirt off or grab a condom or grab a breath mint or Yes. Do you know change the music? And then once we've done those things, we can say green again and start playing again. So, yeah, yeah orange is a really useful tool the way, I, I, the way I'm using it in that safety net. If someone calls red, yes, it's really important not to drop abruptly the scene, but to, um, if you say red, mm. to take a deep breath, or maybe even two together. Mm. And mm. then gently step away. So there's no abrupt dropping of the person I'm playing with. Oh. Yeah. So it's really gentle. Take a deep breath. Oh. And let it, know, let it be known at the start that that's going to happen. So oh. if someone says red, take a deep breath or two and then really gently come apart and then you get to that phase of debrief and deconstructing. And oh, I like it. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Because yeah. when someone calls red on me, I tend to put the priority on sending a really strong message quickly that I've heard the red and am responding but you're right, that could actually be jarring if yeah. you go too far in that direction. So I like what you're saying. Yeah. And by letting them know, by taking a deep breath, you are letting them know you've heard them. Yeah. But you're also trying to avoid jarring them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what about your thoughts more broadly Do you, uh, on, um, yeah, as a, you wanted to identify more as a professional or as a... Well, no, yeah, normally I'm working as a professional and yeah, holding great. people on their erotic journeys. So what do you do when things go slightly off the rails? Yeah, so it's quite a broad spectrum of a question. Sometimes is. someone is triggered and has a trauma. It's quite, quite rare these days, but the more safety that's in place, the more that's minimised. On the other end of the spectrum, maybe it's not feeling as erotic as it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, on one, on one occasion, 
I gave someone their money back after a session. Right, yeah. Because um, yeah. they expected me to do certain things that I was not able to do. They, I, they wanted genital arousal from yeah. me, which yeah. I said, I don't do, I don't take my trousers off during a first session. Yeah. And they said they insisted they really want that, so they paid me money. I couldn't do it, but yeah. I said, no, no, no. And they said, please, please, please. So I said, yes. And I just couldn't perform the way they wanted to. They wanted to yeah. lie. I won't go into details, yeah. um, but I couldn't yeah. perform the one they wanted. So yeah. I said I shouldn't have said yes. Here's your money back. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's fair enough. Particularly like if um, if you agreed to a particular service and for whatever reason, then uh, yeah, that makes sense. And also, yeah. I'm reminded of oh, gee, the complexity of being human. Gee, it's a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so yeah, so go on. Yeah, you're saying it's a broad, broad spectrum. It's a really broad question. It could mean a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if it's emotionally not on the level I thought it was going to be on, I'll, I'll often call orange. Yeah. So I have a pause, checking in without losing the energy where we are, and then I'll ask the question: Who is this for? Right. Is it for them or for me? And what emotion is inside me? What emotion do I need to have? Because mm. if they're paying me, it's for them. And what emotion do I need to find inside myself? So mm. I want to navig- have a communi- have a navigation and conversation around where it's supposed to be. If they're really enjoying it, even if I'm not feeling what I'm supposed to, then I'll continue down the path we're on. But having a moment to check in to make sure that's good is, is really useful. Mm. Mm. Um, and, yeah, th- those checking in moments of orange are really useful because people often say, Spank me harder, hit me harder. Mm. Use different words. Mm. There's a world of difference, but some people like being called cunt, and some people mm. hate it. Yeah. And sometimes you touch people's genitals; they'll say it's a yoni or a pussy mm. or a cunt. Yeah. And yeah, if you say the wrong word to the wrong person, yeah, you blow, you can blow it. Yeah. So yeah, checking in on yeah. little details like that. Yeah. Yeah, if someone's traumatized, you can often see something's going on for someone. And that's when I'll say, orange, what do we need to do here? Yeah. 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 And I'll call orange before red most of the time mm. because um, I'll need to have a conversation around where we are and what do they need and where are they. Mm. Um, sometimes at the start of the session, I'll ask, I'll, I'll guess I'll intuit if I need to ask, are we likely to bump into any trauma today? Because mm. most yeah. people do have trauma around sexuality yeah. for some reason, rather, especially women have trauma. They've yeah. had their boundaries crossed. I mean, yeah. most people have. Yeah, and sometimes when you're going into a particular activity, you can sort of predict that something that's coming up is likely to be a bit trauma triggering. Yeah. yeah, so I often ask, are we likely to bump into trauma? And if we do... And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if we do, how do you want me to respond? Yeah, and having that question up front, it lets them know that it's it's available, mm. and if, if or if, if I can hold it or not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's these kind of safety nets, having these questions in place. Mm. Um, sometimes people want to feel deep, powerful, emotional release, which can look like trauma. Yeah. So knowing the difference between someone being traumatised or someone howling and getting all their locked emotions out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, knowing the difference, and that comes with a bit of practice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it also yeah. comes with communication yeah. and saying, is this what you need to be doing? Yes. Yeah. It's also amazing when people get familiar with using the word green they can go from wailing hailing sobs and screams just with the occasional green green yeah yeah it's a nice tool yeah absolutely 
and then people can say, people can be verbally abusive to me mm. and tell me to stop, stop, stop. I hate what you, I hate you, fuck off. Yeah. Green. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's the sweetest thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ultimately, if someone's having a trauma and I'm like, not able to deal with it then, I'll say, orange, where are we? And if the communication doesn't sound right, then I'll say, red, we're going to end the scene now. And what aftercare do we need? And that can be everything from giving physical space or to really embracing them. Can I get you to say a little more about uh, if the communication doesn't feel quite right? You said you'll check in. And I think you said if the communication doesn't feel quite right, you might then... Yeah. um, So, So what do you mean by not quite right? Yeah, a big part of... The work as a professional dominant is reading the client, reading the person yeah. I'm playing with. And if I'm not able to read them, if the communication from their eyes and their voice and their breath and their words doesn't add up yeah. and I'm not able to read them or understand where they are, yeah. then I'll, I'll stop the journey. Yeah, I'll great. stop the journey. I am, like, again, drawing from the psychology world, I think of this as congruent feedback. So if, if someone, even if their words say, yes, I'd like to continue, but all of their body language looks like it's mixed or no, or, you know, their voice makes weird, warbly, broken, cracked sounds as they speak or whatever. Yeah. 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 It can be a good moment to just like pause and check in a little bit. Yeah, more. pause and check in. Mm. And you can stay in orange for quite some time sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Orange. Mm. And you can stay in that orange zone for five or 10 or 20 minutes if you need to, and then mm. to make a decision later on. Mm. And in the orange zone, you can drink tea and talk about the weather and have a breath mint and have a pee break. And then yep. shall we continue or do we need to leave it here? Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 Great. Mm. All right. Um, anything finally we want to say? So the question is, as, as a top or as a professional, how do you recover in the moment when things don't go right or as planned? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm just thinking, I got to thinking about what examples tend to happen most for you. I, I know that for me, I think that I or myself, whether it's, whether it's partners or clients or whatever, we often put a lot of pressure on ourselves, particularly if we've got an elaborate scene to be really energetic and enthused and up and upregulated and stuff but what often winds up happening is that people are just tired they've had complex days and complex mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. life and health and so forth so i reckon for me a lot of the challenge is just being able to go yeah let's just chill let's just do the scene as as we've discussed but let's just relax it a little bit let's allow a little bit more space let's not put the pressure on ourselves to go nuts I don't know, I feel like that one comes up a bit. Do you have any particular ones that you think tend to come up? Yeah, if if the, if the journey's not going where we want to go and we call orange and we renegotiate where we're going to, going to go, don't be afraid, or I'm not afraid to take a few steps backwards and go back to some basic touch or some loving touch or even erotic massage or something. Mm-hmm. So we can avoid the heavy BDSM and go back to something much more simple, mm-hmm. which is still nurturing and holding and still allows that space to be, you know, still allows that person to feel held. Mm-hmm. And just taking a step away from that violent BDSM and still, yeah, it's yeah. one of the ways. Yeah, nice. Mm. All right, wonderful. Well, I'd just like to say a quick note to um, regular listeners, particularly folks that have come to my workshops. Uh, yeah, just to clarify that uh, Shawnee and I have got slightly different uses of the words orange and red, and I just want to say all systems are perfect. Um, sorry about the confusion, but again, um, beautiful example of why you need to get on the same page and understand what systems you're using and what they yeah. mean and how you're going to use them. Yeah. Because, yeah, both systems are perfect. Yeah, so at the start of any session or start of any new client journey or any workshop, make everything up clear up front. It's just, 
which really neatly and conveniently brings us right back to the start, which is that prevention is the best cure. Yeah. If you front load the play with lots of communication yeah. and agreement and understanding, yeah. then you're less likely to have whoops and daisy moments. Absolutely, yeah. Right. More safety nets in place, the, the deeper you can go. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank you, knowledge. Roger. And thank you, everyone out there. I would love to hear a little more about yourself. I wonder if you could tell me a little about what generally you like to offer and who your perfect client is and where they can find you. Okay, thank you. Um, As I said, I started about seven years ago and started doing workshops. During my first workshop, got my first private booking. Um, Back then, I was advertising as doing quite deep, powerful, violent initiation type type BDSM. But I found people wanted more... After the BDSM, they also wanted softness. So I started putting more softness on my website. Mm-hmm. So now if you look at my website, shawneylove.com, you'll find the full gamut of extreme BDSM to really soft, nurturing um, play. So it's quite broad. When you ask me what's my ideal client, it's quite broad. Mm-hmm. I like people who want... I, my ideal client is someone who goes, there's something in my erotic shadow I need to explore, and I want a safe, powerful place to explore it. So it's a person who wants to feel held as they explore some part of their kink or some part of their fantasy or some part of eros that they haven't had a chance to explore yet. And I guess that's yeah. my, my, my perfect client. Beautiful. 